Welcome back to the Evidence-Based Rheumatology Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Putman, and this is episode 31, Methotrexate for the Treatment of Psoriatic Arthritis. Today I'm actually going to talk about two trials. I'm going to start with the MIPA trial that pitted methotrexate against placebo and really found no benefit, and followed up with this recently published SEAM study that pitted methotrexate against etanercept against etanercept plus methotrexate. So for starters, let's talk about the MIPA trial. It was entitled A Randomized Placebo-Controlled Trial of Methotrexate in Psoriatic Arthritis. It was published in the journal Rheumatology in 2012. So the MIPA trial was conceived because methotrexate had become the standard of care for psoriatic arthritis and guidelines had essentially recommended it as first-line therapy. There really wasn't great data for that, so the authors set out to test the question using a double-blind parallel group randomized controlled trial. So to get into the trial, patients had to have clinically apparent psoriasis and active inflammatory synovitis involving at least one peripheral joint. Exclusion criteria included other inflammatory arthropathies, other serious medical disorders, and really the laundry list of usual things you don't want to give methotrexate for. The experimental treatment was methotrexate up titrated to 15 milligrams a week. This is very unfortunate because nobody gives 15 milligrams a week of methotrexate if you're really trying to treat something. An RA that's uncontrolled, I'll routinely push to 25 milligrams per week. If that doesn't work, you can give subcutaneous methotrexate, though to be honest, there's so many other good therapies, I will typically jump to a biologic at that point. The primary outcome was a psoriatic arthritis response criteria. The other ones were the ACR20 and a DOS28. Pretty reasonable outcomes, and I would say actually a relatively low bar to show improvement. An interesting thing happened where they initially powered the study based on the idea that 45% of patients taking placebo would respond to therapy. New data came out that showed something like 35% would respond to therapy, so that actually reduced the number of patients they intended to enroll. This is interesting, and the question of how many patients will respond to placebo is an important one we'll get into more when we get to the next trial. Their statistical methods were all more or less appropriate, so let's get on to what they found. So I don't usually talk about achievement of target dosing, but it's important here. Of the patients in the trial, more than 90% did get to 15 milligrams. However, only 11% were receiving higher doses, and those were 17.5 or 20 milligrams weekly. No one really got pushed to what I consider the highest therapeutic dose of methotrexate. There was also a lot of NSAID use. 179 or 81% of patients uh, received concomitant NSAIDs. Why is this a problem? Well, it could mask some treatment effect. A lot of those people who are getting better from placebo may be getting better because NSAIDs are relatively effective for psoriatic arthritis. It's also worth noting how long people stayed in this trial. So 109 were allocated to the treatment arm and 112 to the placebo arm. There was really high dropout. Around 40% of patients were not considered compliant completers. They really only ran this for three to six months, so you would really hope to actually get to your endpoint. A problem that they noted with this trial is that physicians were actually hesitant to do it because they believed in methotrexate so much. Finally, before we talk about the results, let's talk about who would get into this trial. As you'd expect with psoriatic arthritis, there was a relatively even gender distribution. The patients skewed lower than we see in some other trials. The mean age was around 40 to 50. About half people smoked, and the majority had the illegal or polyarticular disease pattern, something like 65% in both groups. ESRs and CRPs were elevated, the hack was elevated, and global assessments were in the 30s to 40s. So these are patients who certainly needed some sort of treatment. So with all that in mind, what did they find? they found that methotrexate does not work for psoriatic arthritis. Regarding the psoriatic arthritis response criteria, no significant benefit. ACR20, no benefit. DOS28, no benefit. 
there was just no benefit over three to six months for methotrexate at a dose of 15 milligrams per week. There was some benefits for skin scores. So skin scores were relatively low at the beginning and they fell further with methotrexate than they did with placebo. Although to be honest, it wasn't that much. And there was some benefit to the patient's global assessment. Although methotrexate didn't demonstrate benefit in specific measures of disease response, overall, people seemed to feel better who got methotrexate. This brings up a couple questions about this trial. The first one is whether or not we can actually apply this to our current practice. If these patients had gotten to 25 milligrams of methotrexate, would they have done well? The second one is whether or not they used the right outcome measures. They did hear what a lot of trials do, which is to rely on somewhat RA-like response criteria, which I think is overall fair. And my thoughts on this are that if you don't have an ACR20 response, that's a 20% improvement. That's a pretty low bar. In a disease like psoriatic arthritis, where we have TNF inhibitors that work pretty well, IL-17s that work pretty well, 23s coming down the pipeline that work pretty well, if you can't hit 20% with methotrexate, not something that I'm going to mess around with. Another threat to validity that we should consider with this trial is the fact that 40% of patients dropped out. That is a really high number. Now, the rough numbers were equal between both treatment groups, but it's hard to say when you lose that many patients. Why were they dropping out? What was the problem? We do RCTs to avoid confounding, but when you lose patients to follow-up, it introduces that possibility again. Overall, I've been using this trial in my practice. I don't routinely use methotrexate for psoriatic arthritis unless the patient has low disease activity, wants to avoid biologics, or we can't get biologics improved. If someone is struggling with arthritis, I'll often jump straight to a TNF inhibitor. Which TNF inhibitor? Well, for psoriatic arthritis, I often use a Tanercept. Which brings us to our next trial, the recently published SEAM study. So the SEAM study was entitled, Etanercept and Methotrexate as Monotherapy or in Combination for Psoriatic Arthritis, Primary Results from a Randomized Controlled Phase 3 Trial. This was published in the journal Arthritis and Rheumatology in 2019. So it's hot off the presses. Now we've already given a little bit of background, but remember that this study came seven years after the MIPA trial. Methotrexate didn't work very well for psoriatic arthritis, but patients still used it widely for psoriatic arthritis, despite the lack of FDA approval and despite a relatively good RCT showing that it wasn't very effective. Now, in rheumatoid arthritis at least, there have been a couple studies that showed adding methotrexate to a tenercept results in a substantial improvement in the benefit you get. So whether or not methotrexate works against placebo is a different question from whether or not it works in combination with a tenercept. To this end, the authors designed a 48-week, phase 3, multi-center, randomized, double-blind international study that pitted methotrexate against methotrexate plus a tenercept against a tanercept. I'm going to call it Enbrel from now on because it's easier. To get into the study, patients had to have active psoriatic arthritis based on the CASPAR criteria. They had to be naive to a tanercept and other biologic agents and had no prior use of methotrexate for psoriatic arthritis. They also had to have three tender and three swollen joints, and they could be on NSAIDs, but the dose had to be stable. Patients came from 124 hospitals, centers, and clinics in 17 different countries. It was a big study and were randomized, like I said, to one of those three arms. The primary endpoint was an ACR20 response. Just like the last study, that's 20% improvement in the response criteria. That's kind of the minimal amount that I would consider for this to be an effective drug. They also added a couple other endpoints that I like more. One was the minimal disease activity response at 24 weeks. I like that. As well as ACR50 and ACR70. ACR70 is a pretty good response. 70% improvement is you know, pretty close to being cured. They did have a number of radiographic endpoints, but patients weren't enriched for radiographic damage, so the study wound up not really designed to answer that question. 
Now, I've been complaining a lot lately about how we don't do any studies that compare a treatment against another one. And here one is. It's exciting. One reason that we don't do that is because when you have two effective therapies, you need a really big trial to actually show a benefit. This is a great example of that. Whereas the MIPL trial was good-sized, this was large. They calculated a sample size of 840 patients to detect a difference between the methotrexate and the Enbrel group and the methotrexate combination therapy group. Overall, they were successful. They ultimately enrolled 851 patients out of a little over 1,000 screened. 81% of these completed the trial. When you look back at the MIPA trial where 40% dropped out, here they didn't have as much, which I like a lot more. Patients were generally white, almost 91%, so not as diverse as I'd like. The age was around 48 years old, which is about what you'd expect for psoriatic arthritis. And patients had had psoriatic arthritis for about three years. This is what we often see with psoriatic arthritis, where we'll try NSAIDs and maybe it's been lingering before we actually get to the point where we're adding a DMARD. I'm a little more likely to add a DMARD quicker these days, just because we do so well with treating this disease, but that's a different issue. There are also patients in this trial who had received other biologic DMARDs, some about 10%. I'd imagine a lot of that sulfasalazine. Regarding the primary endpoint of ACR20 response at week 24, natanercept outperformed methotrexate. 61% of patients receiving natanercept versus 51% of patients receiving methotrexate met the primary endpoint. That was statistically significant. This is also true for methotrexate monotherapy versus combination therapy. It was about 14% difference. So what you saw is that Enbrel worked better than methotrexate. Enbrel and methotrexate worked better than methotrexate. But it doesn't look like the difference between combination therapy or just Enbrel is really that big. Essentially the same pattern held for all their other endpoints. ACR50, there's about a 10 to 15% absolute risk reduction at week 24. Um, in ACR70, about a 10 to 15% absolute risk reduction at week 24. And for all of these, the Enbrel versus the combination therapy group really didn't look very different. So what does that tell me? That tells me that if I treat somewhere between 7 to 10 patients with Enbrel instead of methotrexate, one of those patients will meet any of these response criteria. Overall, that's not bad. On balance, Enbrel is tolerated about as well as methotrexate. It is more expensive, and you do have to do an injection, but you are going to get a better treatment effect by using Enbrel. As far as safety events, over 48 weeks, there was no difference between the two groups. And there was actually a small difference that was statistically significant in the degree of radiographic progression, which favored Enbrel. So what's our take home here? Well, it looks like Enbrel monotherapy is better than methotrexate. Combination therapy is better than methotrexate. But Enbrel versus combination therapy didn't look very different. That tells me that I'm not going to be starting people on combination therapy if I'm going to use Enbrel. Now, in this trial, they did get methotrexate up to a higher dose. The average patient was over 18.8 milligrams of methotrexate, and a lot were at 25. People in the methotrexate group did a lot better here than I think the authors expected. Remember, the ACR20 response was 51% in the methotrexate group in this trial. That's compared with 35% that they powered the MIPA trial to detect. So another take-home point from me from this trial is that methotrexate isn't too bad for psoriatic arthritis as long as you get it to dose. Couple quick caveats to this. The first is that there was no placebo arm. As much as I'm banging on about how we need to have comparator effectiveness trials, in this case, I really wish we'd had a placebo. It would be interesting to see if methotrexate would have outperformed the placebo arm given the fact that they got these people to treatment dose. This study also did not consider axial disease. In patients who have axial disease, I'm even more inclined to dump, jump straight to a TNF. And finally, we did see some benefit in radiographic progression, 
But the trial wasn't really long enough and not really hard to show exactly what this looked like. Ditto for enthesitis. So in conclusion, I think this is an important trial. It is going to change my practice, but probably not the way the authors intended. If I'm going straight to Enbrel or if I have a patient on Enbrel, I'm not going to add methotrexate, which I like. That being said, I'm a little more inclined to consider methotrexate after seeing this than I was in the past. It seems not unreasonable to me, especially if a patient prefers to use an oral therapy, to start with methotrexate and see how someone does. At any rate, I thought this was an interesting trial, and I'm glad that the authors did it. It gives us some interesting insights into how we can care for patients who have psoriatic arthritis, a disease that we've been making a lot of progress on. That's it for this week. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. Be looking forward to talking to you next week when we talk about some more exciting trials in rheumatology. If you haven't already, please follow me on Twitter. I'm at EBRoom, and that's a great way for you to give me feedback on this episode and know what else is coming down the pipeline. Thanks again, and have a great week. <laughs>